you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. And if we don't understand the purpose of prayer, we'll not attach seriousness to it because we don't know what prayer is. So this morning, my, my aim through the Spirit of God is to try to explain what prayer is and what the purpose of prayer is. Now let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, 21. And I read, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Hallelujah. So many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Purpose. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists is purpose. Now, Proverbs is making us understand that as man, we sitting here, we have so many plans. We have so many things we want to do. But it is God's purpose for your life that will come to pass. The most thing, one of the things that you have to realize is when it comes to you and your relationship with God, God is more concerned about his purpose than your plan, according to Proverbs. Hallelujah. So you may have plans as a child of God, which is good because you need to plan. And God has created us to plan as human beings. But when it comes to the affairs of the universe, God is more concerned about his purpose than your plan. That is why when Jesus Christ came on earth, although he, was, he is God himself, anytime he was praying, he would say that let your will be done. He was tapping into the purpose of God. He said that, yes, I'm God. I'm here to come and save mankind. But nevertheless, let your purpose, let your will Hallelujah. Because he knew that everything that exists in creation is because of the purpose. God created it. And the moment you begin to discover the purpose of why you exist and the purpose of why you do certain things, it becomes very easy for you. Hallelujah. So let's have it in our mind, point number one, that God is more concerned about his purpose than your plan. So if you're a child of God, you must always seek to know the purpose of God in an event. And once you get to know that purpose, you're able to connect to him, and that result that you need becomes sort um, reality. Now what is prayer? Now that we know what purpose is, we want to define what prayer is. In simple terms, prayer means communication with God. It's communication. And we know that when it comes to communication, it's two-way, all right? You speak to someone, and you expect that person to speak back to you. Hallelujah. So it's communication. And everybody seated here will talk to somebody or within their family or friends, or when we come to church, we have time to connect. You want to talk to someone, all right? How will you feel as a parent, and those of us who are parents, that you live in a home, you have children, and for the whole day, your child or your spouse never talks to you. 
no communication. So you get up, you go and take your bath, there's food on the dining table, you eat, you take your bath, you go to work, your wife does the same, the children do everything, take their bath, they are going to school or they go to work, no communication. That family is bound to break down because you are not interested in whatever anybody is doing. It is the same thing. Prayer is communication between man and God. Beyond that, prayer is the sincere and trusting communication of the spiritual nature of the creature with the anywhere presence of the spirit of the creator. It is what? A sincere and trusting communication. When you are dealing with God, you must be sincere in your heart. Because nobody has seen God. In fact, the universal father, who is the God that we serve, nobody has seen God. The reason is, the God that we serve, he is invisible. All right? He is invisible. And if we say God is invisible, in the spiritual realm, which we cannot see, in that realm, he is still invisible. Even the spirit in the spiritual realm don't see the universal father. But it is only Christ Jesus, our, our king. So he said that when you have seen me, you have seen the father. All right? So the moment you talk to God, you know that that God exists. But you cannot see God. It is the same thing that as we are here, we can feel that the air is blowing, but we cannot see the air. All right? So the fact that you feel that the air is blowing or not, it does not defeat the purpose that there's air here. And we are breathing in that air to survive. And that's how God is. The fact that you believe that God exists or not doesn't take the fact that God exists. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that those who believe in God must believe that he exists. All right? And they must believe that he is the rewarder of those who diligently hurt, seek him. And you can see God through communication. One is through the word of God. The other time we, I spoke about it, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. You, you read the word of God, you get to know him. But God expects you to talk to him as a child. All right? And the fact that you don't see God doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. Now, when you read the book of Genesis, the Bible said that God said that let's make man in our own heart, image and likeness. All right? And when he was creating man, he, we, we, we read in Genesis that God breathed into man, and man became what? A living soul. Hallelujah. He became what? A living soul. So the actual you sitting here is a soul, but you are in a body. We are all souls. We are all spirit in a body. But God breathing in you means that God is already within you. Hallelujah. So every human being has God living inside of him. The difference between a believer and those who have not believed is because they have not accepted and acknowledged that Christ is their Savior. And so that when they die, they will not go to a place called condemnation, but they will go to eternity and spend eternity with him. But God is already sitting inside of you. From the foundation of earth and when he created the universe, he ordained it that way. So it doesn't matter wherever you find yourself. The moment you begin to open your mouth to pray, whether you pray within you or you pray with your mouth and it is a loud prayer, God has heard you, whether you believe it or not, because God is already within you. Hallelujah. So let's have that consciousness that God is within us. And whenever we pray, he answers, he hears. Hallelujah. Now, why is it that if God is everywhere and God is within us, why is it that at times when we pray, it, it appears as if God doesn't hear or nothing happens? 
the reason why in most churches the smallest group you find are prayer meetings is that people think that when they pray god doesn't listen or do anything about it all right so you see this sunday a lot of us we've come to listen to the word of god but you go to most churches you look at the prayer meetings in a church of maybe 100 people, you see maybe 10 or 5 or 3 people. A church of thousands of people, you see about 100 people. Why is it that people don't get the passion to pray? One of the reasons that they think that God doesn't answer prayer or God doesn't even have time to listen to prayer. But that is not true. Now let's look at James chapter 4 verse 3. Because James was telling us the reason why when people pray, they don't receive answers to their prayer. The main reason why people do not pray or join prayer meetings is that they think that the prayers are not answered. They do not see any change in their situation. But what is the reason? James 4.3 When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The reason why we normally don't get response to our prayer is because of wrong motives. Because of the purpose hallelujah the motive the purpose so until you have the clear and the right motive you pray to god god has listened but he will not respond to that prayer and i want to give some examples of maybe wrong motive hallelujah so a child is is staying with the family with the parents and that child is let's say 12 years old or 13 years old and he went to the mom they say, Mom and Dad, I want you to buy me a brand new car. Or your car sitting there, I want to be riding that car. A 12-year-old child. Alright? Do you think the father will answer that child's request? No. Because the purpose and the motive at that time is wrong. Because the father knows that by law, once that child jumps into that car, that parent can be punished for that and that child can kill himself or herself because the time is not due so the child will make that request the father has heard it we say that no my son my daughter you can't have it but the moment the child should turn 18 years old where the child is matured that same father will begin to grant the request of the child because he knows that at that moment the child is in the position to handle that gift but at 13 he could not so the child made the request at the age of 13, but he has to wait for some years after before that request will be met. It didn't mean that the father didn't listen to his request, but the father waited for the right time to come for him to deliver that gift to the child. And that is how prayer is. Hallelujah. So when you pray, you have to examine that whatever you need from God, is it God's purpose for you at that time? The moment you discover that that thing is God's purpose for you at that time, you're able to move the hand of God to work on your favor. But when God examines the motive and he says that, no, this thing will not help my son, God will delay it. Hallelujah. So once you understand that thing about God, certain things don't really move us. Because you need to understand the nature of God to be able to demand what you need to get from God. If you don't understand how God operates, you may think that God is, is not a loving father, but he is. And in most cases, some of the things that we see our earthly parents do is a reflection of how God also behaves. 
the way our earthly parents will correct us is the same way God also corrects us. But because we don't see him, we think he doesn't do. So James tells us that because of our selfish pleasure, most often we pray and the answers don't come. And that is usually found when we are involved in private prayer. Personally, we go to church selfish. I want to have this. I want to have that. But anytime you spend time praying for the souls of men, that God, this person is lost. I want that person to be saved. All right? God, this person is in poverty. He's having pains. He's sick. I want you to heal that person. The more you pray that kind of prayer, the more you see results. Because God sees that you are not being selfish. You are thinking of others. And the more you think about others, the more also miss your need. God miss your needs. Because you come to God thinking about the welfare of your brother and sister. So God says that this is a son that is thinking about the welfare of others. So I will make sure that I glorify that son. That is why Jesus Christ, when he came on earth and he died, Bible said that he was promoted to sit on the right hand side of God. Because he didn't come to seek his own. He came to seek the, the, the interests of God in man. Hallelujah. So he wants to draw men to God. So when Jesus Christ was able to die on earth, he was able to say that now all power in heaven and on earth has been granted to me. Hallelujah. Because he was doing the purpose of God. And that is how prayer should be. What is your motive for praying? If you are not receiving answers to your prayer, examine your motive. Hallelujah. Now, I was also listening to a sermon by Dr. Mars Moreau. I don't know whether we know we listen to him of blessed memory. And when he was touching on the topic prayer, he made some mind, you know, thinking thoughts. And he was like, if the God we serve is a sovereign God, why then do we need to pray to him? Why should we pray to God? Because he knows everything. He he he's all knowing. So why then should we waste our time to petition God because he is sovereign? He, he knows everything. He created the universe. And he will also say that if God is not influenced by our prayer, why then should we pray? All right? If he is God, if he is not influenced by whatever you tell him, then there's no need to pray. So he, he was like, think about this. And if God is not influenced by what you tell him, then it tells you that prayer is important. Alright? The reason why we need to pray as children of God is found in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis 1.26. I want to tell you why you need to pray to God. And this is the purpose for prayer. Why is it that God is sovereign but he needs us to pray so that when we pray he is able to intervene. Now, when you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's a famous scripture. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, when God created the earth, he gave it to man to have dominion on. And because God is God and God doesn't want to interfere in whatever he's done and whatever promise he's made, God will only act when man invites him into the situation. 
because it is man that has dominion on earth. The reason is God is sovereign and God is sovereign because his word is as sovereign as he is. And anytime God speaks, it becomes a law and that law binds on him himself. Because he's, he's a sovereign God, anytime he speaks, he's trapped by his own word. So we had God in Genesis 1.26 telling us that he created man and he said, have dominion over the earth. Now you have created man and you say, man, dominate. How then do you expect God to come into earth and come and dominate? He didn't create earth for himself. He created earth for me and you. All right? But we understand that the almighty God, because he is all-powerful, he is not limited in whatever he can do. The moment you call upon him through prayer, you are giving God the legal authority to operate on earth. And that is the reason why we pray. I thought you are clapping unto Jesus. Hallelujah. So the purpose why we pray is we giving God the legal authority as man. That God, we are giving you that legal authority that come and influence our planet. Come and influence our environment. So the more you pray, the more you are moving the hand of God to, to do things. Hallelujah. In fact, check scriptures very well. Anytime God wants to do something on earth, he will consult man. Anytime God, look at your, from Genesis up to Revelation, anytime God wants to do a major event on planet earth, he will come to man and say that this is what I want to do. So when God had wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Bible said that he went to Abraham and they started bargaining. And when they were having that conversation, Abraham said, so if you have 50 people, will you destroy? He says, no. He began, began and came to about 10 people. He said, God even didn't find 10 people who were righteous. Apart from Abraham and his people, and then apart from Lot and his family. And he said, that, God, I have my family, I have my cousin over there. If you can spare them. But God had to consult man. When God needed somebody to deliver Israel from Egypt, he has to go to Moses. Hallelujah. So it tells you that the moment you begin to pray, you are giving God the legal authority to operate. And that is why God will not do anything until we begin to pray. So prayer is very important to F. If you want to stop the activity of darkness, it is true prayer. A nation that doesn't pray experiences a lot of immorality. A society that doesn't pray experiences a lot of crime. Because where there is lack of prayer, the devil is comfortable to operate. Hallelujah. A church that doesn't pray, you don't feel the presence of God much. Because you don't feel the power of God. You are not moving the hand of God to move. But a church that prays, you see that anytime you want solution, you find it quick. Because God is there. You are moving the hand of God. You are making God legal to, to do things on our behalf. So prayer is good. And God is telling us that if we invite him, we cause him to hurt, to move on our behalf. So know that once you pray as man, you are giving God legal authority. Say that God, yes, you've given here to us to operate, but this is beyond us. We want you to intervene. And God will come in. Hallelujah. It is like we having our prime minister. Okay? We have a lot of ministries, a lot of um, departments, a lot of government agencies. 
But when certain things become tough, everybody calls on the prime minister and say that we have put you in charge of the nation. Do something. If things are breaking down, they say that the, mini the prime minister didn't do what he's supposed to do. Okay? But he has premiers, he has ministers, he has people who are supposed to act. But when it is beyond them, and they say that prime minister come in, and because he has the power of the country, once he steps in, he's able to change situation. But if they don't cry unto him and push him, he's there. He's the prime minister. But he is expecting that his defense minister or his health minister should do it. Why then at times do you have to cry to him that, minister, this one, you need to in, 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 intervene. It is the same thing. If you understand how the world system um, is fashioned, that is how God operates. Now, the truth is, the moment we begin to pray, all right, God has heard it. But God has so many angelic beings that act on our prayer. God is too big to be doing what you are telling him to do. He has approved it. But God himself doesn't do it on your behalf. He has set angels. And as we are seated here, there are angels over here. Whether you believe it or not, you don't have to see them to believe. Because his word has said, where two or three are gathered, he is there in their midst. He comes into a lot of celestial beings are here. And once you begin to pray, they pick up those prayers. That is why most often Bible says that the, the words that we speak, we have to be careful. With this, this our tongue. Whatever you say with your tongue is powerful. Because they are spirit, they are good and bad spirits that are within your atmosphere. And when you speak the good things and you command things, they act on it and they work in your favor. So that's one of the things that we need to know that one of the purpose of prayer, the main purpose of prayer is to give God the legal authority to operate on earth. So the less you pray, you are not giving God work to do. The more you pray, you are giving God work to do. Now let's look at types of prayers. There are two types. We have private prayer and corporate prayer. Every child of God is encouraged to pray. You have to pray on your own to develop that relationship with God. You need to pray. And if you read examples of um, private prayer, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, about Jesus, and I read, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary pray place where he prayed. Now, if you look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus himself, who is God, when he was on earth, he was praying. So you need to develop that daily attitude of personal prayer to God. It shouldn't be one hour. It shouldn't be 30 minutes. Even if it is 10 minutes, 5 minutes, and it's consistent. Hallelujah. That is what God is interested in. You must develop a prayer life. Morning, afternoon, evening. Make time. 5 minutes. Pray to God. Because the more you pray to God, the more God works on your behalf. The less you pray, the more problems you begin to have. That's why Jesus Christ was spending much time in prayer. He was doing this every single day of his life. And because Jesus was praying to the Father, anytime he went out there, he was able to solve the problem of man quick, quick, quick. Because he has already communicated with the Father. He has already committed the Father to work. That's why he could say that I have to work when it is day because my Father who I'm looking up to is working. How does he know? Because he's communicating. He knows. So if you don't want to encounter a lot of challenges, commit your time to prayer, personal prayer. The more you pray, the more 
God work on your behalf. So that is the prayer number one type, private prayer. Jesus himself did. There was also another man, when you look at First Chronicles 4, 10, there's a man called Jabez. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you will bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And God granted his request. So that's the Old Testament. We saw this man pray to God. And Bible said that God granted his request. So if he had not prayed, his situation could have been the same. Hallelujah. So private prayer works as a child of God. Anytime you pray, God listens to your prayer. And at times, let me make this, when we are praying to God, it's not the sweet words that you say to God that will move the hand of God. In fact, God is not interested in your sweet words. God is interested in the attitude that you pray with when you are communicating. The motive. If the motive is right, God acts on your behalf. So it is not about, oh, God, you are loving God, you are sweet. Oh, you are looking handsome. I like your shirt. No. It is about the purpose and your attitude. So we need to develop that individual, personal prayer attitude. Don't worry about having a one-hour prayer. Even if it is five minutes and it's consistent every day, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, you will begin to see more results. Now, there's also another type of prayer called the corporate prayer or the public prayer. And I want to also take time to explain. And that is what, as a church, we have about three avenues that you can take part in corporate prayer, which I'll touch on when I'm finishing. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 17, about corporate prayer and what it does. When we come together as believers and we begin to pray, what it does. I read from verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was endlessly praying to God for him. Verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and stood guards at the entrance of the prison. Verse 7. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing, was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Now, we learned that the church was hot, praying for Peter when he was in prison. The church was doing hot, praying. So it means that if the church wasn't praying for Peter, he would have remained in prison. Hallelujah. But the book of Acts, Acts is, is, is the early church, what they did. They were preaching the word of God. Peter was doing the will of God and he was put into prison. And Bible said that the church began to pray to God for Peter. And as they began to cry on God, corporate prayer, as they began to share fellowship and they were crying that God do something for our brother Bible says all of a sudden an angel of the Lord has appeared so it should tell you something there is power in corporate prayer when we come together and we begin to pray about issues affecting the nation affecting the family affecting the church when we come because there is no way normally corporate prayers are not selfish prayer meetings 
when you find yourself in corporate prayer, you'll be forced to pray for somebody other than yourself. You'll be forced to pray for the, for the nation, for the community, for things, all right? So in corporate prayer, the element of self is not there. You are focusing on certain prayer topics, all right? And when you join forces, God cannot sit quiet on his throne. You have to do something. So when they began to pray, God said, that, no, I need to do something. Who did God send? An angel. God didn't go there by himself. So I tell you that when we pray, it goes to God, but God will assign angelic beings to bring their response. All right? When Daniel, in the book of Daniel, we, we learned that Daniel prayed, and when the, the prayer was coming through an angel, he was intercepted in the air. The Bible said that the, the, the prince of Persia intercepted that angel. So for about 21 days, the answer wasn't coming. And Daniel kept on praying, and God had to release another mighty angel to help that angel to bring the answer. So anytime we pray to God, the answers come, but God will send his angels to execute. So the more you pray, the more angels are hot, are put to work to change things. Hallelujah. The more you pray, the more God sets angels at work. The less we pray, the angels will be there, and they'll be yawning, and they'll be saying that, ah, oh, this earth, they are so boring. They are not giving us, look at us. We have all these beautiful things to do, but they are not committing us to work. And you, you will die and go to eternity. And they will say that, yes, all these things were, they were just waiting for your instruction to just tell your heavenly father and we will come in and deliver. So let's put the angels to work like they did, the early church. When they prayed, the angel was released. Now let's also look at Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. The believer's prayer. On the eye release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priest and the elder has said to them. Verse 24. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. After they had heard, prayed, corporate prayer. So anytime we pray as a church, the hand of God is moved. I want to encourage the church that when you have the time, aside your private prayer, make time to be part of corporate prayer. Make time to join believers to pray. Because prayer is like... You are on a battlefield, and on the battlefield, we have so many soldiers who are skilled in whatever they do, all right? And everybody is playing their part. So as we join our forces, we are able to fight the larger enemy. So I will encourage you that when you get opportunity, come and pray. How do you pray, especially when it comes to private prayer, all right? When, how do you pray? And Jesus Christ taught us in Matthew chapter 6, 5 to 6. After this money, therefore, pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth. Your purpose be done on what? Earth. Anytime you are having private prayer, have an attitude to God that says that, God, I need this, but let your will be done, not my will. You can pray for all the good things, but at the end of the day, you have to say, Father, I want your will to be done. Because God is concerned about his purpose, his will, and your plans. 
But as you commit your ways to him in prayer, and Jesus Christ taught us that, you see that God will begin to align things. There are certain things that you didn't even pray for, they will come your way. Because you are relying on the will of God, not your plans. And God knows what is best for you than yourself. You might think that what you, what you are calling for is, is good for you. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end is what? Death. But when you commit your will to the Father, God is able to straighten the path. And if you are going into a ditch, he's able to move you to that smooth path. And that is what private prayer should be about. You have to say that, God, your will. Hallelujah. Then he said that, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is thy kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the key point are direct your prayer to God, the Father in heaven. So when you are praying, you should go to the Heavenly Father. And when you pray to the Heavenly Father, he knows the angelic assignment that he will release for that request. So you pray to God, to, them, to, to the Heavenly Father. You don't pray to any other being but God. And Jesus is our God, but he said, I pray to my Heavenly Father. And that's what you need to do. And you have to pray according to the will of God. I've touched on that. Pray according to the will of God. Talk to God about your standard of living. Give us this day our daily bread. The Father that we worship, we serve, is so much concerned about our standard of living. So if you are sick, talk to him about your sickness. If you need a job, talk to God about your job. If you want your business to grow, talk to God about your business. God is so patient that he wants to listen to your needs. And as you talk to God about your needs, he is able to meet those needs. Hallelujah. So God expects us to make requests, personal requests. It's, it's very important. Then when we are praying, we have to also talk about forgiveness. People will offend you. You also offend some people. On this earth, there is no way you can live on this planet earth without offending somebody. So as you go to God, you say, that, God, I, I find it difficult to forgive this sister or brother. Please help me to forgive so that you can also forgive me my trespasses. The truth is, if you don't forgive men when they wrong you, don't expect God to forgive you. That is why when you, you look into certain events, some people will go wrong, they try to go to God, and God will further, you will wrong that person, that brother over there, go and seek for that brother and ask for forgiveness. And the moment you see that brother or sister and you ask for forgiveness and say that, I'm forgiving you, you see that all those chains, all that darkness you feel around you, everything is gone. Hallelujah. So we must also talk about forgiveness and repentance. We must also talk about our weaknesses to God. God, I'm weak in this area. Help me out and God will help you. And we must also intercede. Hallelujah. Private prayer must also think about others. After thinking about yourself, think about others in your private prayer. The moment God sees that you are not only coming to me for your own selfish gain, you are thinking about the next person God begins to do whatever you've asked him to do. So never have a private prayer without thinking about your brother or sister, somebody who is not saved, a work colleague, or your family members. Have them as part of your prayer topic. Now, if you run through these topics, your five minutes can even be 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Because always when you go to God, you have something to pray about. Hallelujah. 
Now let's look at benefit of prayer as I conclude. Why, what are some of the benefits of prayer? Now we know. Genuine prayer adds to spiritual growth. It modifies attitudes and it yields that satisfaction which comes from communion with divinity. Genuine prayer, it adds to spiritual growth. The more you pray, the more you see results, the more you know that God is real. Hallelujah. So your sp spiritual maturity will increase. Because when the storms come, you know that this father that you believe in exists. And even at that moment when he didn't respond, you know he will respond at the appropriate time. So Daniel, Daniel Shadrach, and Abednego, these three Hebrew guys, when the trouble came and they said that they should bow to that golden image, they said they will not bow. And the consequence was they have to be thrown into the fire, the burning furnace. And they said that even if God does not save us, we know that he will save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we will not, will not bow to this image. So when you are praying and you know that God is a prayer answering God, but even if he doesn't answer that prayer at that moment, know that he has done something about it. But the purpose, the timing is not due. So you need to have that confidence. So prayer also increases our spiritual growth because we know that God exists. Prayer elevates man because it is the technique of progressing by the utilization of what? They are saying so the universe has current. You know, everything that you see in the universe, so you know, God has designed it. Man has to connect to God. And prayer is one of the means that you can connect your spirit to God. Because the more you pray, the more God becomes real to you. The more your spirit man feels good. But if you don't pray, that is when the spirit of you know depression and all those things, because you are not drawing from that spiritual current. You are not connecting to divinity, and it will go against you. So learn to pray. God answers man's prayer by giving him an increased revelation of truth. Anytime you pray, have the assurance that God has answered you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you see the response immediately or the next week or the next year. But know that God has answered, and God will do something about it. Now to conclude... Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Now, verse 16 says, I rejoice always. 17, pray without hurt ceasing. The Bible says that we should always hurt, pray without stopping. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. So never stop praying. Never stop having a private prayer life. And never stop, if you get the opportunity, joining the church to pray. Now, the church has given us so many opportunities to pray. If you come to Tuesdays between 7 and 7.30, we have online prayer session, just 30 minutes. You just tune in or you register with Pastor Paul. You join that 30 minutes prayer. It's an avenue for you to pray. On Thursday mornings between 7 and 7.30, just 30 minutes. You can be in your car. You can be in your office. You can just dial in, just be part of corporate prayer online. Then on Fridays, we come here 7 to 8, face to face. It is an avenue for us to be together and pray. That one is an hour. We are increasing it from that 30 minutes to one hour. And I tell you, we have so far, we have dedicated people who are praying for everybody. People come in, they don't talk about, oh, it is raining, it is cold. 
they come in and when you see the heart of man praying and i believe that the more we are investing prayers into the church through our online session the face to face we begin to see that growth in the church that we desire now we can even see that the atmosphere is changing because we are praying so never cease the opportunity to pray come and pray thursdays in the morning, Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Connect to Pastor Paul. They will link you onto the network and pray. Fridays, we are here between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., just one hour. Spend time and come and pray. It's not every Friday that you can make it, but if Fridays you are available and you are not doing anything, just come and pray for someone. Come and pray for the church. Come and pray for the nation. Come and pray for the community. Come and pray for the youth. And with time, you begin to see the change that you desire. Your prayers will give God the legal authority to interfere in earth affairs. Anytime you pray, God listens and do something about the situation. That is what I want you to get. Your prayer gives God the legal authority to operate on earth. Anytime you pray, God listens. And he will always do something about the situation. Please, let's be on our. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at lifecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Life City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to lifecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.